Hello and welcome to our show, Spolitics. This is our first ever episode, Athletes in the Fight for What's Right. My name is Mustafa Ali Khan, an avid fan of the NBA and a future NBA player's uncle. His name is Adam Rahim, by the way, so make sure to subscribe on him, encourage him, and hype him up as much as you can. My name is Omar Dawood, a.k.a. Lil G. No, I'm an NFL enthusiast and junior basketball coach. Today, we're going to be talking about the first protests on racial injustice in sports and how it's been re- revived in the past five years. Our first topic is on a childhood hero of mine, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. He has best known for the controversy created when he refused to stand for the star-spangled banner before games, stating that the flag was a symbol of oppression and that the United States had a long history of tyranny. The first time he refused to stand was on, it was on March 1996. Um, the NBA immediately took action because they said he was acting unpatriotic. Before the real reason was because he was a black man taking a stand against racial injustice, and they didn't want uh, anyone to be inspired by his actions. Following the actions of Mahmoud Abdullah, the NBA immediately tightened restrictions on women players being locker rooms, and they made it mandatory for NBA players to stand during the national anthem. And they said that if an NBA player didn't stand during the anthem, he would be paid. Um, so he was basically essentially blackballed by the NBA and multi-million corporations that just cared about silencing the rights of people. But even though all that happened, and even though he lost a bunch of money and endorsements from people and companies in the NBA, Mahmoud Abdul continued with his actions and he kept on speaking out against uh, the violation of people's rights. But even though he was under contract for two more years under his current team, he only got to play 12 more minutes after that um, game he kneeled in. And no team would sign him after his contract expired, so he was forced to retire within four years, which is a pretty short period because he was basically the Steph Curry of his time. He was one of the best shooters of his time, and he was a highly chased player before he uh, took that stand against racial injustice. So you're telling me that not only was he the Stephen Curry of his time, but he was also the Colin Kaepernick of his time? That's exactly what I'm telling you, Wilkie. You see, Colin Kaepernick was also oppressed by his league, but so was Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf, and to a greater extent, because the American people weren't able to uh, exactly see all that stuff that he did for them, but Colin Kaepernick was thrust into the spotlight, and other athletes supported him, whereas um, Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf was really shunned by everyone else, except for a few other athletes that were brave enough to speak out against the racial injustice that was going on. So, Logi, how did meeting Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf and hearing him talk about the controversy surrounding him inspire you to become who I am today? Well, we're both Muslim, and I've been put in, like, similar situations where my rights as an American were violated because I'm a minority. And so hearing him talk about his own struggles and how he realized he had a bigger purpose than just playing basketball inspired me to stand up for my own rights. And, for example, at FTC competitions, I feel proud that we're introduced as Dara Alum Islamic School because it allows everyone to just know my identity as a Muslim. And if Mahmoud Abdul Rauf can handle losing his dream job, being ostracized, and even having millions taken from him, I think I can handle a few rude stares and just a few comments. So, Mustafa Ali Khan, who do you think was the NFL version of Mahmoud Abdul Rauf? Well, literally, I'd say it's Colin Kaepernick for what he did in 2016. Yes, sir. Colin Kaepernick was the NFL version of Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. He took a kneel against racial injustice. The NFL basically treated him the same as the NBA treated Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. 
However, the difference this time was that the American people and fellow athletes supported him. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and even the President of the United States at the time, Barack Obama, publicly encouraged Kaepernick. The NFL commissioner released statements condemning Kaepernick's actions, so Kaepernick immediately faced consequences. After Trump was elected president, he cussed Kaepernick out and encouraged the NFL to enforce a rule for players not to kneel during the anthem. He went as far as to tell fans not to attend games because it was disrespectful to the country. Kaepernick even inspired performers to not be a part of the NFL's agenda against protests. Rihanna, arguably the biggest female singer, turned down the chance to perform at the Super Bowl, saying she wouldn't support an organization like that. So did Jay-Z and Beyonce, two of Kaepernick's biggest supporters. But finally this year, barely six months ago, after the death of George Floyd sparked nationwide protests, the NFL finally apologized. Although they didn't mention Kaepernick's name, they did apologize, so that is some progress. So what kind of consequences did Colin Kaepernick face from the NFL? Well, um, in 2016, he was taken out of his starting lineup on his team of the 49ers. And in the 2016-2017 season, he was basically a bench warmer for his team. And it was mostly the 2016 season anyway, because at the end of 2016, Colin Kaepernick announced that he'd be opting out his contract uh, only for the 49ers to reveal that they didn't plan on re-signing him anyways. And other teams praised his ability to play the game, but they, uh, they didn't seem to want to give him a chance to play for them. And this led to critics to believe that the NFL had an agenda against Colin Kaepernick and wanted him to stay out of the league. Over the past few months, the NBA and many of their athletes spoke out against racial injustice, such as LeBron James and Kevin Durant. They were on a podcast talking about social injustice, and a news anchor, after uh, hearing their podcast, told them to just shut up and dribble, like, as in, that's all you have to do, just shut up and dribble, do your job. You shouldn't be advocating for social rights and everything. And then LeBron flipped that and turned that slogan, shut up and dribble, into a TV show, where he actually talks even more about social injustices and how to uh, get more rights for people. So after the death of George Floyd, I heard that LeBron James spoke out about how he feels living in, a, uh, in America as a black man and how they're treated unfairly. And so after LeBron James spoke out, uh, people on social media started attacking him, saying, oh, like, you're famous, you're an NBA star, so you don't really face the things that normal black people that live in America face every day of their lives. You're not scared from police and stuff like that, so... Well... Yeah, he's famous, and he's, like, well-known by everybody. One of the biggest names in the NBA history and everything and all that. But at the end of the day, he's still another black man, a father to black children. And he lives in America, where racism is a big part of our society. And although he's an NBA player, there have been other NBA players. For example, uh, a Milwaukee Bucks guard named Sterling Brown. He was stopped and tased by the police. And after that happened, he went and filed a report against them. Um, and after a few months, he finally won that case. But even for someone famous as him, someone that gets paid as much as him, uh, he still had to wait such a long time to actually get the justice that he deserved because he got tased for no reason, just for being black. He was sitting in a parking lot in his car, and then two, black, two police officers came in. They arrested him, and then when he told them he wasn't doing anything, they started tasing him. 
So that incident shows that no matter how famous you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter how well known you are, that people are still going to judge you based off your appearance and you can't change that, although they shouldn't be doing it. Um, so LeBron, like, he's famous, he's well known, but he's still black. And when people look at you, the first thing they notice, not people, when racists look at you, the first thing they notice is the color of your skin. And if you don't fit their criteria for being perfect, then they're automatically going to uh, have some kind of agenda against you, which is what a lot of policemen in America recently have been doing, as we have witnessed with the deaths of George Floyd and the shooting of Jacob Blake and the, the killing of Breonna Taylor. So as we all know, after the death of George Floyd, protests were sparked nationwide. And joining those everyday people that were protesting were NBA stars like Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, even Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was supposed to be like one of the best players in the NBA. But at the end of the day, he's also a man of color, and he wants to be with his people, speaking out against racial injustice. So that's really inspirational, seeing all these famous, uh, high-profile people joining everyone else, like nameless people who are in the streets fighting for what they believe in. When the NBA started during the pandemic in uh, Orlando, they all engaged in a huge discussion, like uh, the NBPA, which is the National Basketball Player Association, the NBA, the executives of teams, owners of teams, major uh, faces of the NBA, like LeBron James, Kevin Durant. They all engaged in a huge discussion about how they were going to continue fighting for racial injustice inside the bubble. So Chris Paul, uh, for example, my favorite player, he kept advocating to vote, and he got his entire team registered to vote before uh, the season even started. So... Uh, that's like one example of how they uh, keep fighting for racial injustice even on the sidelines where they're in an entire different environment from everyone else. When we watched the first game after the NBA restarted during the pandemic, we noticed how like there were slogans on the back of the jerseys along with like the names of the players and how there were like Black Lives Matter on the court and stuff. Can you explain more about how that contributes to the fight against racial injustice? So I think that um, it contributes to the fight against racial injustice because by putting their names under the slogans, it shows that they're giving up their individuality to fight for a united cause. And uh, even though they're all competing for the same thing, they're all competing for the trophy, they all, at the end of the day, they're all working together also uh, to fight for racial justice and social justice, uh, even though they're all competitors. So that shows that people can unite even if they have their differences and if they have one common cause, then they can come together and they can make a difference uh, to inspire other people to do the same. Some teams uh, had like a one united message like the Miami Heat, they all had Black Lives Matter on the back of their jerseys. Some teams let their players choose their own slogans. Some teams just like they even let their players not wear a slogan. They just wore their names. Uh, one player, though, he was different. His name is Jimmy Butler. He didn't wear a slogan or his name on the back of his jersey. He just left it completely blank. He said he won't wear anything on the back of his jersey uh, because he wants it blank, blank as his own social message. He says that if he feels like it would, represents who he would be if he didn't have basketball and this opportunity to succeed. Uh, and f as for why Black Lives Matter is written on the court, uh, it's, I think it's to, like, discern uh, other racist viewers from watching the NBA because although the ratings might suffer and stuff like the NBA knows that what they're doing is for a greater cause than just entertainment and money like 
they want to like people to know that they are all about getting social rights and that they've moved on from what happened with Mahmoud Abdul Rauf and that they want to amend from their mistakes. Uh, adding on to that, before the season even started, like uh, when I was talking about that big discussion all, everyone had before the NBA restarted, they also agreed that they'd all kneel for the anthem. And whoever wanted to stand, like like every player had the right to kneel or stand. They got to choose whatever they wanted to do, but almost uh, unanimously, every player chose to kneel except one player, but that's because he felt it would be disrespectful to his brother who was in the military. Uh, but for the most part, every other player kneeled uh, and even coaches, uh, owners, everyone that was in the arena kneeled for the anthem. So what about what happened to Jacob Blake? Like, after the shooting of Jacob Blake, what, how did like, the NBA react? Uh, when Jacob Blake was shot, uh, it was the first round of the playoffs. So the Milwaukee Bucks, they were the first team to actually take a stand against it. They were playing the Orlando Magic, and without even telling anyone, the Bucks, they just all... Uh, agreed not to show up to the game, like they boycotted the game because they thought that uh, fighting against racial injustice was more important than just a playoff game. Uh, although they didn't notify the owner, like he, after he found out they boycotted the game, he agreed with them, he supported them, and throughout the next couple of days, uh, every other team also boycotted their games. So for a few, like four or five days, there was they stopped sports completely just to spread some like a strong message against uh, racist, racism and everything and to help combat uh, social injustice. So that kind of like also shows like famous people or just like NBA players in general don't only influence fans, they also influence each other. So today we covered how Mahmoud Abdel-Rauf and Colin Kaepernick's voices were repressed by these multi-billion corporations when they spoke out against racial injustice and how the NBA has greatly impacted the fight against social injustice. Ways you can fight against racial injustice is by speaking out on social media, registering to vote, going to protests, and simply just educating your friends and family. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and basically any social media platform that you can think of. Have a good day, and just remember, Black Lives Matter.